I'm sure this has not caught your attention whatsoever, but apparently all over the news, the big story right now is Kate Middleton and the topless photos of her that are going to be published in a magazine. What? You gotta be kidding me. I know you haven't heard. I know. Well, um, the the royal family is is suing for all these damages and all kinds of all kinds of backlash, and. There's a a remarkable concept that came to my mind, which was if you don't want to be photographed naked and you're famous, don't be naked in public. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, but now the argument's going to be they were at a private retreat or whatever, wherever they were. So there was some expectation of privacy. And I'm sitting there because I know what you're talking about. I read the front page of Yahoo, so I keep up with the (laughs) stories. But it's one of those that... It, all right, if you, one of the most photographed people in the world, Moby, most likely, that couple. Definitely. Especially in the last couple of years. Yes. So where is the thought of, hey, I'll just lay out topless outside? I mean, come on, in the world we live in today mm-hmm. with Google Maps, you know, that you can take, a, that they take photos from space <laughs> and those are getting better and better as far as the landmarks yeah. and everything that's out there. All right, you just got to be thinking what's going on yeah bless her heart she's got no privacy oh well but here at sexy marriage radio we do believe in nudity (laughs) at home wherever you can be with your own mate exactly and we want to hear from you and what's going on in your world and you know if if the paparazzi's after you let us know maybe we can help but we can help send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or you can call us at 615-56-SEXY-6 and you can always jump in the discussions that go on at sexymarriageradio.com and all the comments of the different shows or at iTunes. You can find and get reviews and give your, give your feedback. Uh, we appreciate those reviews on iTunes and every week it's so fun. Uh, getting feedback from those of you saying you found our show and it's changing your life and and there's nothing else like it and so we do want to be really practical and we were talking before we started recording about givers and takers and how that applies to our sex lives and our marriage and so that's something we want to explore a little bit right because foundationally is every relationship is a dialectic and the word that whole concept means if you have one you have the other so most of the time, a giver gets in a relationship with a taker, a, a taker and that's just it. An over-functioner gets in relationships with an under-functioner. And it's just, it seems human nature that if I'm with somebody, and another example is a extrovert gets in a relationship with an, an introvert. introvert. I mean, it's, it's like Heaven this whole idea it. deep down, we want this counterbalancing force that's going to help us you know, as together we'll be better. And yeah, there's some truth to that, but there's also, that's just kind of a way relationships unfold. And to me, that seems lifelong conflict or lifelong opportunities to g- create something better because of that difference. And that's where I think we want to go with the show is the idea of givers and takers, because when it, how that plays out in sex, 
is there are givers and takers when it comes to sex. Because So are you do you think it's generally the same person tends to be more of a giver in this or or are different days a different role? Well, I don't know if I don't know how fluid we switch back and forth between them. I would imagine predominantly because I would put this in that in the same context as high desire, low desire. At least to begin our discussion, that's how okay. I would that's how I would frame it. And this may shift and morph as we talk more in the show, but I would put it as you know the the a giver and a taker. Usually, the low desire, in my thought, would be more of a giver. Wait. The low desire would be a giver. Maybe so. Hold on, I'm kind of thinking through that as I'm saying it on. I don't know if you can make it. It's not that simplistic. I don't think so. It's not either. even close to that simplistic. But let's so let's just put it in specific evenings. So okay. so here here's the opportunity where a couple generally has a fairly good uh, sex life, and and this partner now tends to be lower desire for certain reasons. The she's not feeling good physically, not feeling. Uh, okay. There's unresolved conflict toward, let's just say it's her, and there's unresolved conflict towards him. So she's offended that he's not addressing her feelings. And so in this case, he's feeling like the taker, and her mind just taking, right. and it's all about him and not her. Right. So <clears throat> let's address that situation. How do you um, stand your ground and, and be a lover without necessarily being a doormat or a taker or you know, give, take. Okay. You know, in my mind, I consider selfishness the opposite of love. And we've kind of had the selfishness talk before. Sure. But this, so this is a lot of different words and ideas floating around, but let's just stick with that concept. Because what we did hear from, I heard from a reader who says, you know, if I don't feel good and I just, you know, if our stomach hurts, as a woman, if our stomach hurts, there went our sex drive. Sure. Where her her lover told her, well, so if I have a stomachache, I still want to do it. Right. Because so, I'm I'm going to be willing to bet when you talk about a male-female difference, a male equates sex to stress and anxiety release, which is also equates to better feeling associated with it. So therefore, if I could go ahead and have sex, there's a good chance I may feel better at the end of it because I've alleviated some of my stress. And stress could be manifesting itself in physical forms, like a headache or stomach ache or just body aches. And so, therefore, if I can have sex, I'm going to feel better because of that That euphoric feeling. Women don't compartmentalize it that way the majority of the time. So you already have set up the dynamic of what I'm seeking logically makes sense. But what she... The way she approaches it logically makes sense. (laughs) I don't feel good, so why would I want sex? Yeah. So it's not not right or wrong, and I think that's important to to differentiate. That this isn't about right or wrong. This is just about differences. I think that it is wrong. You do? I do. I think... When I talk to women who are so hurt that time and again that they feel that their feelings are not taken into account, I had a girlfriend say, I can be throwing up 
and right. he still makes me have sex. Okay. That's a serious taker. That's an issue. I mean, that marriage didn't survive. Okay. Well, hello. There you go. <laughs> so that I mean, in a, in a weird way, it worked itself out because she finally stood up at some point and just realized, no, I'm done. Or I mean, I don't know how it all unfolded, but so it's where I'm saying it right or wrong is if he oversteps his bounds and makes something happen forcefully, well then, yeah, that is right or wrong, but she's also not choosing this. She's not being a willing participant. You know, right. She's being abused. If, though, you know, he's constantly badgering and manipulating and doing all these different things just because it's something he wants, well, that's, that's a different, that's on him. Her responsibility is her to stand her ground. Look, I don't feel good. I'm going to bed and just go to bed and take the hit, you know, take the consequences, whatever, because he's going to be pouty and mad and whatever. Well, he's got to grow up. Right. So that's a big part of it. Uh, part of the um, giving, taking is being secure and and expressing what you're feeling. You know, if you're feeling used, maybe he's not seeing it that way. So open up and say, I feel used when you push yourself on me mm -hmm. and I don't feel heard. It's not about love anymore then. It's about your needs and mm -hmm. I'm going to bed. Yep. So, so. It's, it's that but, idea of I want, I want this relationship and this aspect of our relationship to be mutually beneficial to where we both get stuff out of it. But the way it's designed right now, I'm not getting anything out of it. So why yeah. would I want to continue down the course we're going? I mean, it's kind of just a heads up of, look, I, I, I want to change some things because this isn't about me. This is about you always taking. And I will glad I, I want to give because there is something about, I think, at, at a core of each human, we have a desire to give and we have a desire to take. And it, I don't know if it's as easy as, well, you know, I know at this time of the day I want to take and at this, you know, I think it's kind of, there's lots of different circumstances that create the state you're in, but there's tremendous power on both sides of those to just seek what you want and, and take. Okay. You have to have a willing giver to do that. So there's power on both sides. Yeah, I think if you can look at it, not so much as taking, but enjoying and reveling and celebrating, then it it will be more, the whole energy of it is more pleasing. Um, because the flip side of a taker is a martyr. You okay. know, if, you, if you're this giver who has no self-love, and you, so you're giving, giving, then pretty soon this resentment builds up as you see yourself really as the martyr. And so then it's, it's so difficult to receive because your mindset is already very much painted as you are the victim here. You're the martyr here. And it's just very, very unsexy. It's very unhealthy. And so it, it really demands an entire shift in your awareness to look at how are you even playing this game? Are you playing as the poor underdog victim, or are you engaging and, and push and pull and dynamic and, and giving and, and celebrating? Because the opportunity to give and receive pleasure 
is huge and it's a huge benefit to a beautiful relationship. So is there is there a negative connotation to being a taker? Well, I just told you how I view it. If you just say strictly taker, yeah. then to me it is a negative connotation. Okay. But what about the I know to you it's not because you're always big on telling the guys, go take what you want or uh, go get well, what you want. Not necessarily take. I, I, and again, it, it comes down to the words right. in our discussion because obviously the idea of being a taker means I'm, I'm going after a lot of just what I want, mm-hmm. everyone else whatever you know forget them they're not as important as just what i want and i think we have a right to be able to seek what we want we can't necessarily take it because when you have other people involved you know i have every right to seek sex with my wife if that's what i'm wanting i can't just go take it from her though there you go. Because then it's then you get into all kinds of different laws and stipulations that where it describes what's wrong with that situation. So I think there's a con there's a negative connotation to being a taker, but maybe we should change it because there's so many people because of that I think are skewed to well then I can't seek what I want I have to just kind of wait around and see what happens I have to try to manipulate. What happens? I have to do it real covertly. And that's that. how that plays out in sex with the nice guys is I'm going to do everything I can to keep her in a good mood so that maybe she'll like and want to have sex later. As opposed to being solid, seeking what I want, going after what I want in my needs in my life, and letting that determine what happens as opposed to the opposite, which is turns into a game. Well, anytime you're going after something because you think that external thing is going to make you happy and you're coming from a place of you're incomplete, you're needy, you're stressful, you're resentful, you're going after it, it's never going to satisfy for one thing. And so then it is a... It's a discomfort there. Right. Whereas when we come from a place where we're full and we're overflowing, then giving to each other and receiving from each other is this natural byproduct of really healthy individuals. Mm-hmm. That's why healthy people make a happy, you know, happy people make a happy marriage. And marriage can't just somehow be happy in its own energy. It's, it's about the people that yeah. make up the marriage. Yeah, there's. I, I heard that stated the other way of that. There's no, there's no unhappy marriages. It's unhappy spouses. It's unhappy, exactly. It's somebody's unhappy in the relationship, and and that's, that's and it might have nothing to do. I mean, that person is unhappy with their yeah, body. That, They're unhappy with, to do with, with the relationship job. at all. Exactly. Right, and that's where sex plays out that way, doesn't it? Absolutely. The, the many, the meanings we attached are so varied and different among spouses, even. Yes. You know, because yeah. and that's where you know you and I have had this counsel counsel a lot, and I know I have a bunch of. You have to up the honesty, of, you know, hey, let's let's go, let's head back to the bedroom. You know, sometimes that's a initiation, and that's as far as and that's as risky as I want to take it. You know, or hey, I'm you know, then you have the opposite of, I'm interested in a little sex right now. What about you? Or can I interest you in some mediocre sex that's all about me tonight? <laughs> or, you know, it's it's kind of just saying what's going on with you rather than 
the subtle games. Well, exactly. And when you're in this healthy place, you know that it's pretty much going to be a source of pleasure. Yeah. Well, I was leaving the other night to go to a volleyball tournament or something, and it was going to get late. And Paul said, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. He was going to stay home because he'd been gone all week. And he said, oh, I think I'm going to stay home. I'm so tired. I said, well, you better take a nap, young man, because I have plans for you. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, communicate. Yeah, and that's just it. That's what most people don't do. And even when it, how it plays out in sex, when it comes to giver and taker, right? how many times do we let the script of how sex usually unfolds dominate as opposed to you're in the middle of it, things are going along okay, but now all of a sudden you're not there mentally or emotionally. You've kind of lost the mojo, if you will. Mm-hmm. So do you speak up and say, hey, Slow down. I want to. I want to be on top, or I want to try this, or can we stop for a little bit? Can we just kiss for a little bit? Can we, you know, where you just kind of shift the dynamic, because that change actually produces greater likelihood of it being better, as opposed to settling for well, this is the way it always is. No wonder I don't get anything out of it. Yeah, that's part of being a giver, being open to. Exactly. Speaking up and trying something new. But at the same time, though, that could be viewed as being a taker. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to start going after what I want. I'm going to start speaking up about what I'm looking for in this. You know, I want you here. You know, you need to, I I want you to do this or that. And it seems so interesting to me that when we get into the situation of the most intimate act in our life we are so silent yeah and it's important to know what meanings you are attaching yeah obviously a lot of guys go after a certain move that's offensive to the wife yeah. she's thinking hey he only saw this in porn it's degrading i don't like this i don't want to be a sex thing so there's all these factors that are playing into it and so if you can demonstrate that you are in every way working to make yourself better, better as an individual, better as a mate, and you can, if you're saying, well, I, you know, I love my spouse, but I'm not sure I'm in love with him, well, ask yourself, what actions have you taken in the last five days that demonstrate you love your spouse? Mm-hmm. You might find out that love, those loving feelings follow loving actions that you have not been taking because you've been stewing on everything that's wrong. Sure. All, all that goes hand in hand and it's the same aspect applies to how we try to compartmentalize the different parts of ourselves during sex that why well, I'll just do it physically, but emotionally I'll just check out or mentally mm-hmm. I'll just check out. And it's, so then I'm just a receptacle or I'm just a body as opposed to really slowing down and being aware of yourself, let alone your spouse during sex. Let, be, being aware of yourself, of what's going on with you. You know, Take an inventory of you with, within the context of sex and being true to you within mm-hmm. the context of sex and seeing, what that, seeing how that unfolds. Because how often do we have this attachment to an outcome when it comes to sex? You know, how often do we have this whole, 
idea. What comes to my mind is a client that I worked with years ago. It was a husband and wife, and we were unpacking their sex life, and he made a comment. You know, she she spoke up and just said, "Yeah, some of the stuff is degrading and it's and it's harsh because." it takes so much to get him to the threshold to be able to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. And so it can take a long time. And, you know, I'm sorry, but you get, I get sore, you know, even with lubrication, it's just, you just, you just can't go indefinitely. And so I looked at him and said, what would it mean if you didn't finish quote unquote? He said, Oh, I'll finish. I'm like, (laughs) Okay, what does that mean? And so we started unpacking that, and he just had the expectation that every single instance of sex, he had to have an, an ejaculation at the end of that's that was that was an expectation of an outcome every time, and because his identity was defined by that, and so if he was willing to start to reframe that and change it to where okay maybe I don't have to always finish. Maybe finishing could mean she finishes and I don't. Maybe finishing mm-hmm. could mean we just k- get a much more intimate bond and connection where sex and intercourse may not even be part of it. You know, it, it starts to open up the scenarios of all the other opportunities that could happen in the relationship, which will all lead back to better sex. That changed everything. Right. And so it, it, I mean, it just seems like so many men, you know, the world we live in right now with all the erectile disorder medications mm-hmm. and constantly bombarded with advertisements. Programming. Yeah, mm-hmm. and ads. Mm-hmm. Aimed at that. And that's all performance outcome driven stuff. When I don't have any kind of an idea of a percentage, but my guess would be mm-hmm. upwards of 75%, maybe more what the problem is, isn't below the waist. Absolutely. <laughs> the problem's in the head <laughs> and in the heart. We hear from a lot of people who say in that doggone purple pill did not solve our problem. Right. Yeah. And, and it's because I have such, I mean, ejaculation doesn't happen just because you have an erection. Right. There's so much more involved. And that's where your emotional state, your mental state, and your physical state all are at play and even your spiritual state right and and your health and everything is all at play to make up that instance in your life and so if you can learn how to slow and become more in line and congruent with every aspect of you Mm -hmm. you open up all kinds of possibilities when you introduce it with another person yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my heart goes out to the younger couples that are listening. And, and I know a lot of our listeners are not even married. And and so they have these really relationships that are so built on sex. Mm-hmm. And then they have sexual issues. And, boy, if you can not be present and honest in these conversations, then the future of that relationship is really going to struggle. Because... You, you're striving so hard to not lose something. You're uh, this relationship that you don't know how the future is. Boy, we're just really trying to encourage you to create a safe place in that marriage or in that relationship where you are honest, where you're pushing the envelope towards true intimacy and not just this 
this thing that's for your pleasure, that's what everybody says you're supposed to be doing. That's why we so believe in marriage and in a love that lasts forever because it just gets better and better when, you, when you're committed to each other. Mm -hmm. And it, it creates a greater container for you to know you better as well as another person yeah. better. Yeah. And that's an endless opportunity when it comes to marriage. If you view it as a lifelong commitment, it's a it's a huge opportunity to just uncover more of yourself. Parts of you Absolutely. you didn't even know existed. Yes, and just take that approach. I don't totally know myself and towards your mate mm -hmm. to to tell yourself for once, I know nothing about this person. And look at them with those fresh new eyes and and the excitement that comes from something new and you won't take so long to connect. Yeah, because it, I don't know, it's, I think of the different times in my life when I get to be in relationship with people that are, are really sure of who they are and who they're not. Right. I love being around those people. Exactly. Because they're just solid. You know, it's, there's no games. They don't have to talk just because it's socially expected. They don't have to, you know, all those different parameters we put on our life. They just, they carry themselves. And it's authentic and it's real. And and when I can do that and apply that to my marriage, I mean, how tremendously fantastic can that relationship be? <laughs> it's much better than being the needy little sap that <laughs> is trying to get your mate to make you whole. Yeah, and, well, and that's largely the fallacy a lot of people have bought into, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Aww. So if you have... I think to be a giver or a taker, we're both. Yes. It depends on how you frame it. And celebrate both. Yeah. And it will. Taker, a giver, a taker, and a receiver. Be honest about both. Be <laughs> honest about what you're seeking. Be honest about what you're looking for. And realize that, you know, plans in life are best made in pencil. You know, <laughs> so we can change them and adjust them because we are all constantly being refined and, and in the process of becoming. So and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and so there's the the future is unknown and I can create something that's great. And the more I'm honest about where I am at the moment, the more I can truly seek what I'm looking for. And no I may not get it, but man, I can always seek it. And that's a good thing. Hmm. Well, there you go. We hope you're coming from a place of fullness towards your mate and uh, we're believing with you to go from greater to greater and greater things. Let's talk about